All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional-level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic, dot com. Cheese. Mm-hmm. So, what should we talk about? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I take this vitamin B12 tablet that's chewable, and it tastes like raspberry. But as I was just taking my medication now, and like my supplements, when I was a child, I don't remember how old I was when I went to therapy as a kid. I'm grateful that uh, my mom wanted me to go to therapy because my parents were divorced. It was just nice to, you know, be around another guy because, I mean, I only have sisters. I mean, I had friends at school, but, like, I guess you don't really look up to your friends. At least I didn't. Maybe that was my problem. No. No. <laughs> but anyway, therapy. What I've been doing for like the last half of last year, maybe, whenever I took my, we'll just say my pills, <laughs> is every day I would open up the bottle, like each bottle, and just take one out. And like, yeah, it was an extra like multiple steps. It wasn't really a big deal. But then my dad had an extra, an extra like pill container that. I took, well, he gave it to me. Kind of a cool gift. <laughs> Here you go, son. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Now, like, I have that, and every time I fill it up, it's fun. If you've ever played the game Moncala, it reminds me of when I was younger, and I played Moncala with my, uh, with my therapist. Sadly, I'll go, like, maybe... A week without refilling it because like you got to take these little plastic tabs off and put them back on the tabs with the letters on them I mean you could like fill each one individually but in the game of Moncala you have those little they're like smushed marbles like however many you have you like drop them around the board in a rotational pattern I want this game you know just play it by myself or whatever or no I'll play it with friends with a friend, because you can only play it with one other person. It's a two-player game. But when I fill up my pill container, <laughs> it's fun because, like, I'll put, like, a, a handful of pills in my hand, and, you know, it's like you got to guess. There's 14 spots, one pill for, like, each day of two weeks. Yeah, you got to just, like, you know, guess if there's 14 in your hand. If you are just joining, this podcast is a personal and therapeutic tool I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me to process thoughts, explore stories, and post them for anyone who might be interested, hopefully inspiring someone. I'm not doing this for any sort of social gain or to be a better human. It's for me and for you. 
Episodes one and two talk about who I am, so give them a listen if you haven't already. Otherwise, you can really just kind of jump in anywhere and start listening. There's no definite correlation. No, there is a correlation between the topics and how I talk about them, but it's a, it's a mysterious correlation. Speaking of correlation, a quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. Let's jump on in to our first topic. Before we jump in, I just want to say, wow, it's a humbling moment to say that this is episode 20. Like now I actually have some type of gauge other than looking at a calendar of how quickly this year is moving for me. To when I got my first library card, I say 2002, I was nine. Really, I was just in elementary school. I actually feel like having a library card or when I got my first library card, it was kind of like it was a responsibility. Like, you know, you check out these books. Don't lose them. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay for them. So, yeah. Library cards are cool. The only other time I've owned a library card is when I moved to Seattle. And let's see, I've had it now for maybe at least two years. Wow. And you'll never guess Maybe you will guess how many books I've checked out. I'll give you like a few seconds to think of a number. I've checked out zero books since I've lived here. Actually, no, you know what? That's a lie. I've checked out zero physical books while I've been here. I do have an app on my phone that you can plug your library card, like, number into it. So I've checked out a few audiobooks using it, and it's cool because, like, you get it for a certain amount of days, and then it goes back to the digital library. Someday that'd be cool if, like, we could go inside of our computers and explore the Internet, like, walk down the street of the Internet. If you've ever seen the movies Wreck-It Ralph and Wreck-It Ralph 2, they're a lot of fun, and it's just sweet. You should go watch it because you could learn a couple things from it, more than a couple things. When I think about certain things from my childhood, I think of like an image. I just kind of think of like a tiny blur blip of the library. It was in Fort Collins. As far as a lesson goes for that, responsibility. Responsibility is a big word. And it comes with the responsibility of being responsible for something that needs being responsible for. <laughs> or in the, uh, in the words of Peter Parker's uncle, Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility from uh, the Spider-Man comic book series. Having great power, I feel like it's something maybe that we don't think about that much and should think about. If you have been given something, if you've been dealt something that somebody else doesn't have, which we all have something that, that other people don't have, be responsible with it. Because you have something to offer someone that could help them with where they are at. We all have one thing in common, at least, which is being responsible for ourselves. We are ambassadors to who we are, 
wherever we go, whatever we say, that paints an image for us. Our next topic, to when we kept track of reading. It's weird because I say we or I a lot. I didn't really think about that. I mean, okay, yeah. I guess thinking about it just quickly in my head. There's a we and there's an I that I'll talk about. (laughs) So I'll start with the we. When I was in elementary school, wait, what's even the date that I have of this? Oh, 2003. So yes, I was thinking about elementary school. When I was at Rivendell, we had these reading logs. It was a long, skinny, rectangular piece of paper. I think at the top said what book you were reading, and then it listed out the days, and then, you know, how many pages you read or something. That actually was like a precursor to what I talk about next which is uh, within the same topic, so don't worry, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here, just like jumping forward in time. Ooh, which then leads into the... Okay, 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 okay. Keeping track of reading, like reading is a really cool thing that we can do. I heard somewhere that an author, before writing a book, has roughly two years of research which goes towards that book. So in reading, you're actually learning a lot. You're gaining a lot of wisdom and knowledge. You're just adding to your memory, filling in space that needs filling in. Even listening to this, like, I wouldn't say that I'm a scholar. Reading to me is like going for a run. It's something that takes a little bit of effort. Actually, it takes a lot of effort to like get in the mentality to do so in order to get around that mentality, that struggle, that struggle mentality, that's yeah, that struggle mentality, you know, you just got to do it. Reading is fun. Reading is cool. <laughs> reading is good for your brain. To when a friend spoke to my obsession, which was, dude, yeah, that's wrong. 2016. So I was like 22. There was a point in time where it started as this, like, kind of short stack of books. I had this short stack of books of just, like, things that I wanted to read. Whenever I come across something, I like to write it down, make, like, a note of it so that I could hopefully go back later and look into it. So if someone recommends a book to me, I used to not so much take it with a grain of salt. I would just write it down and be like, I have to read this book. But now I take it with a grain of salt if someone recommends a book. And I'm like, should I actually read this? I had this stack of books and included in them was like this book on getting a good night's sleep, the whole Chronicles of Narnia series. I read the Quran, some Christian books, some philosophical books. And yeah, it was 4,862 pages of like all the books that I wanted to read. I told my dad, I'm going to read all these books by the end of the year. And he was like, whoa, (laughs) sure about that? And I was like, yep. At that time, there were like 248 days left in the year. And so doing the math that came out to like 19.6 pages a day that I would have to read, I actually read all those books. The next year, I wanted to up my reading goal. I was like, okay, instead of reading 20 pages a day, let's read 30 pages a day. This came out to like nearly 11,000 pages, over a 200% increase in the amount of pages that I read in a year, the rate of pages that I read. 
it became so like obsessively compulsive that my life revolved around this off and on through the whole year. This is a really good friend speaking to this obsession, I think later down the road, which is still okay. Like regardless, he still spoke to it. So like, I I definitely appreciate him doing that. And that's like a true friend is someone who was like, Hey, you're doing this or that, which is kind of unhealthy. Basically, what he told me is how he could just see the amount of stress that I was putting myself under for constantly hammering myself to read every single day. I think I was passionate about it to the point that it was actually unhealthy. And since I moved to Seattle, it's kind of like died a little bit. I like crunching numbers pretty tightly. It's just a balance. You know, if you're passionate about something, Find the balance. I do hope that I revisit that passion. Seattle's kind of been a, it's been different. Like, I mean, I was working full time while I was pursuing that passion. But gosh, it was such a mental, I guess, in the eyes of my friend, it was just a mental like drain. But it was also neat because it kept me like doing something. What was also neat was if I read more pages than my daily goal of like 20 or 30 pages, then that compounded, say I read 80 pages one, no, 20 pages a day goal, say I read 100 pages one day, which definitely happens some days. What that would do is I would plug it into the reading log and it would actually make a graph and show me how far ahead of my goal that I am. And what I learned, I'll just shoot for the sky on this one. No matter how far you do get ahead, you'll probably feel burnout at some point, and then you'll probably slow down. The most efficient way to allocate my time and my energy was to just meet my goal for the day, and that's it. Like if I foresaw something where you know, I was taking a trip and I wouldn't be able to read it all, then yeah, sure, maybe I'd read a couple, a couple days ahead. But to be so entwined with something to just get lost in the passion you have for it is it's really sweet it's really cool it can be unhealthy you know don't miss out on the things that you have around you and i don't think what my roommate was saying was i never spent time with him i mean i did like we lived together so our next topic twin my anger took control oh anger john michael angry what what what? While I was saying those what's, I was like prolonging, I was stalling because I couldn't remember what I wanted to talk about. But on the third what, I remembered. 2004, I was like 11. One day, okay, maybe it's two things. I was sitting next to my friend. I don't remember what was said or what happened, why this happened, but we were sitting in front of my teacher's desk next to a wall. She could probably only see, like, our heads with our backs on the wall and our legs sticking out. (sighs) I had a pencil in my hand, and I literally stabbed him in the thigh. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) Don't ask me why I did it, but I did it. I must have been angry at something. Maybe he knows. Maybe I should hunt him down and... No, okay. That sounds really bad. I, I won't hunt him down. I should connect with him. 
and be like, hey, do you remember that time? Do you know what happened? Do you know why I did that? Because I don't. If you're listening, I hope that you're doing okay. I'll definitely be reaching out to you and and will say that I hope you're okay. Another time with that same friend, it was like the weekend or the week before, like a summer trip or something. We were outside. There were a whole bunch of people. He took this kid's hat and wouldn't give it back to him. I'm like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Would you please give him his hat back? Because you're not being nice. That uh must have set me off because I ended up getting suspended and didn't get to go on our field trip because I ended up punching him in the face. Like, dude, give him his hat back. Come on, quit, stop. Anger just takes control. And sadly, I'm not the only one who has experienced that because like, all throughout history we've seen that. Probably even before Jesus being crucified to like this day, this very moment where there's so much social injustice going on that it's disgusting. Anger is such an evil thing. It stinks. Anger stinks. It stinks so bad that it causes people to do things that are like you can't take back the past. You can't justify ever hurting someone. You can't justify stabbing someone with a pencil. You can't justify punching them in the face. That thing you learned in school, it's like keep your hands to yourself. Okay? Yeah. (laughs) Please be nice to people. Just try to avoid conflict. Try to avoid hurting someone if you can. Be the best you that you can be. There's no need for you to be hurtful to anyone. Thank you. It might have sounded like I was getting on like a really heated trail. I'm not. I'm just, it's exhausting to think about the things that are happening today in our world. Living in Seattle, people from out of town asking me about certain things or making sure that I'm okay or when I'm not res- when I haven't responded to their text message for 40 minutes being like I hope you're not out there doing what those other people are doing. I hope you're not with them. So keep in mind this is a journal. It's filtered, but it's also in a way unfiltered. I filter out the super bad stuff like I shouldn't say that word. I appreciate you. I truly dearly appreciate you for who you are, for your whole being, for your choice to wake up today, for your patience with things that are happening, and your ability to form an opinion and sort through those things. Yes. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. I've got macaroni boiling in the background. Thanks for listening.